to the Insatiable Appetite. My name is Renee Wheeler. I'm a senior consultant on the Hartman Retainer Services team at the Hartman Group. And today I'm here with Melissa Abbott, Vice President of Culinary Insights at Hartman Retainer Services. So welcome, Melissa. Hi, Renee. Great to be here today with you to talk about this interesting topic. Great. Today we're going to talk about the importance of employee welfare and how that's been playing out recently in the restaurant industry, as well as implications for the broader food industry. Yeah, so here at the Hartman Group, um, we have been looking into the topic of consumers and sustainability for quite a few years. And our most recent syndicated sustainability report, uh, just from this past fall, 2019, really explores this topic in depth. So Renee, what are some of the key topics from this most recent study that addresses the importance of employee welfare through the lens of sustainability? Well, in our sustainability, we talk about the four zones of responsibility. And this is something that we at the Hartman Group have been referencing for quite some time as a way to really navigate how consumers are engaging with and talking about sustainability. Um, so the four zones, they first include the personal zone. And that's often been that gateway into sustainability for consumers, right? They need to see some recognizable or tangible tangible benefit before they engage in sustainability. So products that connect back to personal health, for example, you know, something without negatives like hormones or antibiotics, or the presence or positives like organic um, grass-fed milk are really important to consumers in that personal zone. The other three zones are first off the economic zone. So this is about responsibility for the economic well-being of the communities that one supports. Then secondly, you have the environmental zone. And this is like the typical kind of green zone, what we refer to as you know, the responsibility of the well-being of the planet. And then we have the social zone, and that's what we're going to concentrate on most today. And that's about really the responsibility responsibility for the well-being of others. And this is, includes not only employees, but also animals. And as consumers become more engaged in sustainability, those personal reasons, you know, while still very important, aren't always at the top of their list. So they start to think of these other three zones of responsibility, the economic, social, and environmental, as being equally or more important. Mm, right. And I would also include the idea of like farm workers in that notion of Absolutely. social responsibility mm -hmm. too, right? So who's actually growing and picking our food and, and the, the well-being of those folks as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do these zones play out in terms of importance when consumers are making purchasing decisions? Well, it's definitely that personal benefit of the company providing quality products that is most important to consumers when deciding what to purchase. You know, in fact, in our sustainability study, as you mentioned, 83% of consumers rated that as important. But what I think is really interesting is what falls second on this list at 70%, which is providing safe working conditions. And that's a social dimension of responsibility. And this is even above selling products and services at low, uh, low prices. Now, closely behind that, with 65% rating as important, it's providing good wages and benefits. So we're seeing these strong social connections to people that are really resonating with consumers. Yeah, I find this so fascinating that for in the number of years that we've been exploring consumer behavior and how low price has always been a, you know, a very significant driver, but it 
it is uh, coming to the fore that consumers today are starting to realize that cheapness comes at a cost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we know that certifications, they play a fairly significant role. Are there certain certifications that speak to social aspects of sustainability? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we see Fair Trade, Fair for Life, and Certified B Corp as being three key certifications that really speak to this. And what's interesting is that consumer knowledge and awareness around these certification has just increased a huge amount just in the past two years. So we found, again, in our syndicated study on sustainability that 64% of consumers say that they know a lot and or a little about fair trade. This is up 11 percentage points from 2017. And awareness is only second on the list to USDA organic. And what's really interesting is that it's influencing purchasing. So of those who are aware of fair trade, 70% say it makes them much or somewhat more likely to purchase, which is also up five percentage points from 2017. Well, that was a huge finding for us. And thinking back to those original fair trade products, uh, you know, it, it seemed like the consumer who was very interested in those, they were doing that for because it was the right thing to do. But oftentimes the the flavor, the taste, the deliciousness didn't always follow through with those products. But we're starting to see greater alignment with manufacturers being able to really deliver on deliciousness and Mm. these aspects of fair trade. And my sense is that that is probably why we're seeing greater awareness among consumers and why that 11 percentage points about awareness has Mm -hmm. has gone up, uh, those 11 percentage points. It's really interesting. Then thinking about this notion of B Corp certification, you know, while it's a bit lower down on the list of recognizable certifications, it's certainly gaining awareness among consumers. And currently, it's like 19% of consumers are aware of it. Um, And that's up, I think we found that it was six points from 2017. Mm -hmm. So of those, 58% it actually influences the purchasing decision. So these B Corps or benefit corporations, they're quickly emerging as a tool for those engaged consumers to shop in alignment with their values. And we know that a lot of times those engaged consumers, they're sort of like the example or the the proselytizers for the more mainstream consumer on, you know, what the cool thing to do is. So it's important to pay attention to what those consumers are actually doing. And implies a company, these B Corps, are implying that they are more environmentally, socially, and economically responsible which ladders up to a product or a service that is uh, basically cueing that it's better for me, better for my family, better for our planet. So it's really hitting on all the four zones of responsibility that you mentioned, Renee. And what's really really interesting is that, you know, typically these certifications or, you know, you tend to think of them as associated with CPG products. But what's interesting is that some restaurants are becoming B Corp certified. So we've seen uh, Bamboo Sushi in Portland, Oregon, uh, received a B Corp certification in recent years. And Drive Change, uh, this is a locally sourced high-end food truck in Brooklyn that's B Corp certified. So Uh, so the big takeaway here, though, is that yes, these certifications matter. And yes, consumers are starting to recognize them. But it's often not 
enough. So the strategy can't necessarily be we're just going to put these certifications on there and that's going to give us enough resonance with consumers. We still have to do that traditional branding and marketing around what is our specific take on sustainability? You know, what is it that we're doing as a company to take care of our employees? Consumers are more often looking for those specific and measurable goals around what you're doing in order to kind of provide for those you know, farm workers and employees. Exactly. And to your point, exactly right, that you can't just put uh, a host of seals and symbols and certifications on either your package or your window um, or your door as you're entering an establishment to just kind of shorthand uh, get consumers in the door. You've really got to be able to build that credibility with consumers. So how do you see businesses going about building that credibility um, within this social zone of responsibility? Well, it involves taking action, right? You have to be working on something and doing something. And we ask consumers, you know, what are the top three issues that are most important for companies and businesses to kind of focus on right now? And topping those lists are, of course, what we've seen is these large-scale environmental issues, you know, specifically pollution, minimizing waste and impact on climate change. Why? Because consumers are seeing companies as contributing to these problems and therefore should be part of the solution. But again, what we find really interesting is that fifth on this long list of things companies should be doing is creating jobs with good pay and benefits. So again, we're seeing that human element being really important. You know, wanting to take care of community and workers is one that really resonates strongly with consumers. And consumers are also assessing company responsibility by how a company treats its employees. And this is particularly important in both food service and retail. So take QSR, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, QSR's role in consumers' lives is basically to provide an inexpensive, quick meal that tastes good, you know, even if it's not the healthiest option. Right. So to that end, they're really expecting less in the way of environmental sustainability, um, but they're also not necessarily looking for it either. However, <laughs> labor issues and employee welfare are on consumers radar at QSR. You know, consumers are going to choose a restaurant based on perceptions of employee welfare and happiness. You know, how many times have you walked into either a restaurant or a retail outlet to find someone who just looks absolutely miserable? What do you equate that to? You equate that to how a company is treating their employees. Exactly. And one of the uh, consumers that we talked with for our sustainability study, she mentioned um, Chick-fil-A. And I'm going to read a quote from her. She said, Chick-fil-A is one of my son's favorites. And they are a socially responsible company in the community to their customers and their employees. We also go to Wendy's occasionally. Their food is reasonably priced. And I love that they give a lot to kids. How people are treated and how they give back is huge to me. So you can see consumers really recognizing what these QSR locations are doing for their community, for their people. And this quote was from a boomer female. That is so interesting because you really do get a sense of how management or, you know, up the, the ladder of command, uh, chain of command, how how employees are being treated uh, on that, you know, initial entrance into the establishment. You know, what are some other specific examples of what restaurants are doing to actually increase employee satisfaction and retention. Yeah, and this is, there's been a few examples in the news lately, um, specifically sourcing Nation's Restaurant News here. Uh, Taco Bell 
has enhanced its corporate policy on paid sick leave. That's and huge. the last thing you want as a customer is to go into a QSR or fine dining or even a grocery store and find someone sneezing or coughing mm-hmm. all over your food. You want them to be able to p- take that sick time um, in order, obviously, not to contaminate anything. But you also want them to be taken care of, right, as a customer. So interesting that Taco Bell has been doing that. Um, last year, um, the Newport Beach, California-based Chipotle Mexican Grill launched a new quarterly cash bonus program that rewards employees with a week's worth of pay in exchange for helping meet uh, those restaurant sales goals. And also we've seen New York City-based Shake Shack testing a four-day work week for managers. So very interesting there. Yeah, it's really good to see the restaurant industry starting to demonstrate some of their uh, ability to be flexible around this space. And we know that there are a lot of these uh, restaurant industry workers are most often single moms. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, on the heels of the Me Too movement, you know, it's something that uh, it's really good to see the restaurant industry uh, leading the charge here. And it'll be also interesting to see how retailers and CPG manufacturers are also following suit. So, You know, the restaurant industry has been known for their lack of employee benefits, Um, and it was only recently that restaurants have been expected to offer health insurance to full-time employees. As, you know, someone who's worked in the restaurant industry, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what is your take on that, Renee? Well, I agree. (laughs) The restaurant industry, uh, my uh, prior experience is what the industry I was involved in, Um, and we did. We got a bad rap as a kind of an industry that it's kind of seen as a stepping stone to almost like a real job, right? Because you're not getting those benefits such as healthcare um, and sick days. However, you know, that has changed a lot in recent years. Um, And one interesting example also in the news lately um, was this restaurant tour kind of leading the charge to change some of these negative perceptions. And this is the owner of Westbourne in New York City. And, you know, she recognized that with these unusual, late, and often unpredictable schedules that those in the restaurant industry face, um, they're also facing a number of challenges when it comes to accessible childcare. And this can then result in those inconsistencies with attendance at work, so affecting the kind of employer as well. Now, Westbourne is addressing this change by providing free childcare to its um, employees. It's partnering with Vivi, a new childcare program that's focused on this employer-sponsored care, and it's open long hours to accommodate those restaurant employees. That's really wonderful to hear. And we do know that, you know, those more progressive consumers, they're seeking out restaurateurs and companies that are supporting employees in this way. So, um, you know, it's really going to be important to pay attention to examples of how some of these restaurants are incurring costs and kind of, you know, pioneering this change. So aside from basic personal criteria, local economies, you know, the employee welfare, and even minimizing packaging as consumers' top sustainability concerns at retail, we've surveyed consumers about how they assess how sustainable a retailer is. So what are your thoughts on that and in, in from our, our sustainability study? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, and as I mentioned, you know, as we saw with food service, employee satisfaction also serves as a proxy for assessing labor practices at retail. Our core consumer or the most progressive um, 
sustainability consumers often consider whether a store's employees are unionized, and they might actually avoid stores that discourage unions. So it's important for retailers to take cues from what we're seeing in food service around increased pay and better benefits. And we've seen retailers such as Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, Publix, Costco, Wegmans, really all making strides with higher pay and better benefits such as health insurance. And then those, uh, those of us up here in the Pacific Northwest are really familiar with New Seasons as being the first certified uh, B Corp uh, grocery store. So we're seeing a lot of uh, things going on there, but can improve. Yeah. Um, And so with B Corp status for a retailer, it's very interesting to see how it encompasses a whole host of different things that go just beyond just environment, what we think of as environmental responsibility. And because consumers are more inclined to see sustainability as a complete moral system, you know, siloing corporate sustainability and responsibility efforts might not align to long-term trends. Absolutely. Because even though, you know, a restaurant or a retail Taylor can make those environmental claims, for example, something such as renewable energy. If you can't also make some of those social responsibility claims around employee welfare and how you're taking care of those employees, it's going to be a much more hollow proposition for consumers. But when you can talk about that entire system, all four zones of responsibility, the more it's going to resonate. This has been a really wonderful conversation, Renee, and something that we are discussing uh, internally uh, extensively here at the Hartman Group, and we'd love to uh, have you join in the conversation with us. So if you are interested in our most recent sustainability syndicated report, please reach out to us. Uh, We would love uh, to engage, to communicate, to chat, Uh, and if you just have questions about some of the topics that we'd address today um, around sustainability and employee welfare, whether you are in the restaurant, CPG, retailer space, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, stay tuned until next time and take care everyone.